Please note, the conversations had and the advice given in this podcast should not be considered a replacement for therapy. stressed out today and a lovelace <laughs> hello yeah we we literally had to this is my fault we had to push it back our recording date is usually tuesdays right it just so happens that it worked out that way mm-hmm. um and because of my where i've been out mentally uh, i've been a little bit stressed uh i double booked and i had a client <laughs> yesterday when we were supposed to be recording so we are doing it today and if that doesn't show you the stress and just like yep. quite literally forgetting <laughs> things and double booking myself that's where I'm at well and then I mean to add to that about 10 minutes before we were supposed to record I like texted you and I was like can we push it back like 15 minutes I need to run and like give myself a COVID test and then drop it off at, at FedEx right uh because I am the day that this comes out I will be uh driving to right. Michigan to see my family uh and I had a COVID test uh, last week, but your girl's a paranoid motherfucker and decided to get another one <laughs> just yeah. to be sure. So uh, yeah, we, we are both very stressed out today and that um, kind of leads uh, me into uh, we're going to take a week off next week. Um, yes. Just there's a lot going on in both of our personal lives and um, between that and also aforementioned stress, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty easy decision to just right. be like yeah we're gonna we're gonna take a week off so um we'll catch you on uh christmas day christmas day big big christmas episode i'm just yep. kidding it's it's a holiday episode though <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately uh, yeah. for other people who are jewish like i am um we're just gonna have to deal with it you're gonna get this sti episode and you know we're gonna be happy with it <laughs> Hey, and you know what? I am all for talking about um, other holidays as well. Oh, I yes. um, don't know if there are any like fun, sexy traditions that go along with other holidays, but you know what? If there are, I really want to know about them. So. Um, you saying that and then me also being Jewish and just like growing up and being at my grandmother's house and the fact that you said a fun sexy tradition and then Hanukkah <laughs> together I was like that doesn't that is laughable like I don't <laughs> understand don't. I'll be uh. eating chopped liver like <laughs> we're <laughs> you know what is going on my grandma will uh. my grandma is dead now but at the time she would have just been saying something slightly mean um so I don't think for me personally and I would love to hear if Hanukkah is sexy for others because I would literally literally love Please to hear that Please write us. Dear God, if you do eight nights of sexual gifts with your partner, I (laughs) please tell me. I want to know so badly. Okay, I'm making a note to myself that I'm going to write a note on uh, our social media asking people about uh, sexy holiday traditions, whether that be Hanukkah or or Solstice or Christmas, whatever it is. Uh, Tell us about it. I uh I'm fighting the war on Christmas personally and um I want to make sure that other uh other uh denominations are covered in this episode because yeah. apparently I hate Christmas. So I just like now I'm thinking about it of all of like 
the, the you know do you ever just think about like what are weird sexy things you can say that have to do with your the holidays that you celebrate and now i'm just thinking of just things that don't even <laughs> they're not good the things that have popped in my, my head this is this is a mess i mean something along the lines of i'm gonna spin you like a dreidel um <laughs> it is what is happening in my head i'm gonna leave the rest you know up to imagination but please tell us yeah, about your know. sexy holiday traditions i want to know yeah um so i we're gonna talk about uh stis and the stigmas surrounding them um right. you know we've touched on overviews of a lot of topics um yeah so far in our almost six months of doing this i guess oh my um, god i know right this is episode 18 this is um this is what a haunting time we're all going <laughs> through <laughs> like who am i what's yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but before we get into that, uh, we had some listener mail, love listener mail, keep the listener mail coming. And also, um, we were kind of gonna revisit the end of last week's episode where we started talking about, you know, um, if you're dealing with, uh, mental health, uh, or trauma and, you know, you're having problems being grounded, we're gonna, you know, do some, uh, finger, finger guns, tips and trips tricks breathing techniques that type of thing uh yeah. you know things that'll help to make you feel more grounded um yes. because this is a time even you know if you aren't dealing with that right now at this very yeah. second this is the time that easy brings that out yeah if you don't experience panic attacks or if you don't experience flashbacks or, or nightmares or things like that these are just good things to do to like be in your body so yeah um but first right listener mail let me say that I do absolutely love hearing from people that, you know, they're not, I don't, you know, it's not to say that I wouldn't be friends with these people now, but we just are not. Um, sure. But I love the people who are reaching out from high school and like college who, you know, we used to like be friends or at least acquaintances who are giving me feedback. That is amazing. Uh, I love that. Uh, so keep it up. Please reach out no matter who you are, even if you don't know me please reach out but yeah it's been kind of fun to see that okay so definitely i have direct feedback from last week's episode Love so it. hey just caught up on the podcast this week and it was amazing thank you so much for your insight on the topic seriously could not have come at a better time and it was exactly what i needed to hear i loved hearing both of your perspectives on everything and your advice and tools are very much appreciated been a really rocky week and hearing that just gave me so much clarity and perspective that i needed uh thanks for being so wonderful it's literally oh gosh, so fucking that nice makes me want to cry <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'm telling you like the because some of them are like directly people that i used to know some of it is like directly addressed to me but then also does like the group mention so i'll, I'll give mm -hmm. a forewarning of that but i think it's just because they know me that they're using my sure. name but yeah, yeah. it is literally so nice and like it's it is a very bizarre feeling and i don't know you have to tell me if you feel the same way of like oh i'm actually doing a thing that is helping people like that is like i didn't i, I guess i started this and just was like well if one person listens and it's my mom that's cool but, like, the fact that people are actually listening and, and kind of getting something from it really, yeah, yeah makes me super, like, emotional. <laughs> Absolutely. And, hey, I'm really sorry that your week last week was um, so tough. 
I think (sighs) that's kind of where a lot of people are are at and I'm really glad that that could be helpful hopefully some of the um you know things we're going to go over in the first half of this uh you know are coping coping mechanisms that you can you know take forward um yeah I I've definitely been having to utilize some of those as well yeah and then I have uh I have another and this is the person who kind of knew me directly so they do use my name Finally checked out your podcast after seeing this, and holy shit, Anna, this is great. This The discourse is incredibly insightful and helpful and made the workday go by much faster. Anyways, thought I'd let you know. Hope you're doing well. So that one was like someone I was pals with back in the day, um, which is very, very nice. And it, it really, like I said, it gives us so much to hear that you guys are listening and like enjoying it and like being able to kind of get things from it or at least get through the work day a bit better yeah definitely so thank you for listening <laughs> yeah thank you for listening thank you for writing um you know questions you can direct them directly to either of us or email uh winedindalaportsopen.com um or catch us on instagram and then i'm hoping one of my goals on my uh holiday break this month is to get a facebook up and running oh yeah i want to get a youtube channel up and running um i have lots of Lots of things that are in my brain that, um, you know, that I want to, I want to get for us, uh, moving to actually happening. So wait a um, minute, people are going to be able to see me. Not right now. Right now. What I'm just hoping for is, um, like a, basically it will be like a static image, like our logo Mm, and then the, the words maybe eventually at one point, um, you know, when this like thing is over uh this thing that's taken over the world right at some point we'll be able to record in person maybe we'll record those to go up but um i also as somebody who uh does not wash her hair nearly as much as she should does not relish the idea of having my face on youtube at the moment (laughs) yeah i'm in um i got pj bottoms on I am uh-huh. in a turtleneck, which makes me feel fancy, but I am in PJ pants. I'm not wearing a bra or underwear, but I'm wearing like <laughs> leggings and a sweater. Just there's nothing going on under. Um, like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question before we jump into our, our tips and tricks, right? Yeah. I asked uh, my, my friends this uh, a couple days ago. I said, if you like, what's one thing? that you realize that you don't need or that you've like stopped doing during quarantine that you were actually going to take forward with you like once this is over uh makeup fuck makeup Mm -hmm. i'm I'm out i don't give a shit this is how i look i literally that's like my most favorite thing that i've kind of gotten like i don't first of all if it makes you feel good and it gives you whatever you need like hell yeah go for it um Mm -hmm. that is everybody's decision but I find that like I probably was wearing makeup because I felt that I looked better but I fucking don't like I look good all the ways um and like I've been able to save so much money on makeup and Mm -hmm. honestly what it takes me like 20 minutes to get ready now which is amazing so that's the thing I'm gonna keep what is yours 
Um, so I definitely have, I, I still wear makeup occasionally, um, like if I'm going to do a date night, um, and I actually feel like putting an effort in, you know, it's been three and a half years. So, uh, that that's a rarity. I feel like that I feel like I need to put the effort in, (laughs) uh, but sometimes, you know, the fancy strikes, um, and sometimes I just kind of want to wear makeup, but I started finding shout out to my friends, Mary and Brittany. I started a new skincare regimen. Um, based on like a lot of research that they passed off to me, some like YouTube channels. And I now have like a like seven step skincare and my skin just is looking so much better. I also am giving up like bras with an underwire. I'm now only doing like bralettes um, and I'm giving up jeans. I what? like I'm, I'm going to I'm going to wear like jeggings now. I don't fucking care. <laughs> So, yeah, I just a lot of I think it's kind of freeing, especially, you know, as um, as a woman uh, who there's just so much emphasis put on on looks. And I just have put much less of an emphasis on that. And I'm learning to love myself the way that I naturally am. And uh, that's pretty fucking great. So I want to keep that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's kind of like the same, like similar vibes. Mm hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, God, if you guys want to write in with that, that's also, I love that question. Oh, yeah, please. I would love to know your answers. Um, mm-hmm. Text us, message us, whatevs. Uh, but yeah, would would love to know the answers to that for sure. Um. Okay. Okay. So sh- shall we? Shall we do it? Yeah. Do tips, it? tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. Okay. So in, in the language I would use, it's, it's a grounding technique. It's a coping skill. Um, I'll start with kind of more anxiety attacks. So first thing that I tell people who don't really have anxiety attacks or have never had one. And then all of a sudden they have one. Mm -hmm. I think quite literally the first thing that hopefully, you know, gives them the space to kind of like not absolutely freak out is you're never going to die from a panic attack. Mm -hmm. You won't, you won't die. The worst that's going to happen is you'll pass out because you you hyperventilate. You're not getting enough oxygen. The second you pass out, you're going to start breathing normally and you're going to eventually wake up. All right. Of course, I don't recommend passing out, especially if you're standing up. Sometimes I'll even recommend like if if I know that my panic attack is going to be that bad, I'm, I'm going to like at least be on my bed. All right. So mm-hmm. if anything happens, I'm not hurting myself. But that's if there's no one around, right? If there's someone around, I think a big thing that helps is um, priming that person and being like, hey, sometimes I have panic attacks and this this is something that helps me. Uh, Or, you know, someone who over the phone, just having someone talk at you about random things or like ask you random questions uh, like about the room or ask you to describe something or they start talking about something that's getting your interest very much something that brings you back into the present moment and mm-hmm. into the physical space and room you're in. Yeah, that's something that I've definitely done before. I try to, in the room that I'm in, you know, find right. one thing that I can see, one thing I can mm-hmm. touch, one thing I can hear, one thing I can, you know, taste, etc. Uh, just to try to bring your senses back to yes, present. That's quite literally like the next bit. Awesome. Yeah, if you're so another, it's like you can use the room, you can describe the room. It can just be what you see, and that's fine. But uh, you can describe like an item of clothing. I know some people will kind of describe a piece of clothing uh, to themselves. They'll like feel it, they'll see it, right? I'm wearing (laughs) ridiculous pajamas, right? So if I'm 
essentially you, I want to give you a picture of these pajamas. So, you know, they're full length, they're bright red. They're that sort of checkered mm-hmm. material. There's this shiny silver threading, right? The checkered material, it's red in this darker red. Um, and they're soft and they have a hemmed bottom, right? Like, so you can start to see the picture yep. of what my pants look like. You are doing that for yourself. You're, you're essentially describing it in so much detail that someone could quite literally picture it. The next step, right? That like the, the next degree is to bring in all of those five senses, right? Cause if we're engaging those five senses, it's bringing us back into our body and out of our head. So it could be, right, one thing you see, one thing you hear, one thing you feel, one thing you taste, one thing you smell. Um, it's kind of like the, or you could do the the five, four, three, two, one method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so it's five things you see, four things that you, I think you can touch. It's either touch or hear at that point. Maybe it's I don't here. Remember the speci- I don't remember the absolute specifics of like right. which number is which. But right. So yeah. for all intents and purposes, Four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things that you can smell, one thing you can taste, right? We don't always have something available for taste, which is fine, but it's basically just getting your sense of involved so you can kind of get out of that headspace. Um, some people like to list, some people do categories, right? Basically, it has to be a strong enough deterrent, like it has to bring you out of the train of thought that you're kind of stuck in. Um, and I would say, hmm, what else? What else? Oh, temperature change is huge for hot. So you'd call it a hot emotion. So if it's anxiety, if it's anger, mm -hmm. I'm excited. So these hot emotions, essentially what we want to do is the opposite, right? So let's say we're incredibly anxious or incredibly angry. Um, this is something that I'll do. It's perfect timing for it. If I'm really anxious or I'm really angry, I just step outside without a coat on. All right, so you get that kind of sensation of cold. You notice it on your body. It's almost that shock. Uh, please do not stand outside for a long time. Please do not get frostbite. I did. I don't recommend more than like 15 seconds outside. Yeah. But you can also use this with like something in your freezer. You can just put your head in the fridge. You can grab it. Um, usually people will use frozen citrus. So not Mm -hmm. only is it cold, but it also has a smell associated with it, Mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of engaging all of our senses. Um, And those are kind of like the fast, quick things that are coming right to my head for specifically panic and anxiety. Um, What I'll say with flashbacks is a bit different. You can use those techniques because I think those things do bring you back into your body. Um, But for a lot of people, it needs to be reminders of where you are, who you are, and who you're with. So having another person is very helpful in those times and in those spaces. Because ultimately, it depends on how upsetting the flashback is for you or or if it's a nightmare, depending on how upsetting it is uh, or how intense it is, it's good to kind of be able to be like okay i'm not there i'm here this is my name this is how old i am this is today's date and literally just orient yourself orient yourself in like current reality um and repeat it over and over again right till till it stops you're repeating it to yourself over and over again 
until it becomes the reality versus the flashback being the reality. Um, That all is. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So those are kind of, yeah, use those grounding techniques with the flashbacks as well. But I do think orienting yourself to the, to the, to the current moment is also very important of like, yeah, like know who you are and know where you are. Um, and I think people can help you do that and kind of they're repeating where you are, who you're with. Um, but the repetition is going to help because you can't just say it once because you say it once and you'll go right back into a flashback. But I think that it's important for repetition and nightmares in particular. I find that first of all, therapy for all of these things. And if you are Absolutely. in therapy, you can do some work around um, rewriting your like your nightmares or your experiences and rewriting your narrative uh, that can be really, really healing. But that all has to be done in therapy. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think that's, um, that's it yeah. for me because I don't usually recommend breathing while you're in that panic space. That's mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. a, that's your, that's your come down move. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you're at the, I mean, I find too that when I'm in the middle of something like that, I think the last panic attack that I had was, um i should send you this video uh when i was moving like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. uh oh i shouldn't tell you this before you're about to move never mind oh i don't mind i kind of it doesn't really bother Uh, me to hear just 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 watch the sprinklers um when you're moving things that are tall (laughs) because the sprinkler got knocked down and like I don't even know how much water. It was so much water. And my boyfriend had to basically carry me down six flights of stairs and I was hyperventilating and I needed my inhaler. It was not a good situation. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can imagine that sounds not good. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and that's the thing is people encouraging you to breathe when you're in that space. um, It's it's not necessarily the most effective. Yeah. Just like, shut the hell up. I can't breathe. Like, clearly I cannot breathe. I'm not even taking any breaths through my nose like things are not right, right right um yeah i think that's all good um well i guess if we want to move into the sti chat you know uh it's never a bad time for an sti chat yeah uh let's let's do it um i guess uh just like we mentioned in last week's episode um the ter- how terminology has shifted uh mm-hmm. and sex worker is now the preferred umbrella term mm-hmm. um for somebody who gets paid for um sexual services uh the correct term i think even though the cdc still uses std sexually transmitted diseases yes so which is interesting they use them almost interchangeably <laughs> It's very weird. Um, STI, I I mean, I feel like one of the reasons that uh, STI or STD, I feel like part of the reason why having one uh, is such a taboo and such a stigma attached to it is because of the, the word disease was originally in it. Yeah, and now I'm kind of like, um, I almost like want to know the definition of disease so I can kind of be like, is this like literal? Does it actually make sense or is it, is it fucked up? I mean, we can Google. We're recording on computers. (laughs) Hmm. 
What do we got? I honestly, um, I, and, and I think that's, for, so for me, I've never heard, and maybe the, maybe I need, although I've been in the, I'm in the circles, um, I have not heard STD as being something that is being phased out currently or like being in a negative space. But I do find that the war disease is probably super threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost find like infection is is, is similarly not much uh, better haunting. Yes, like, spooky yeah. sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, from my information, STD and STI are kind of almost at this point used interchangeably, and they kind yes. of just exist. That is my understanding as well. Um, and hey, I'll link I'll link to the um, in the show notes an article by the New York Times that was written by an uh, OBGYN who writes about uh, the stigma of STIs um, yes. and why after so long and you know it's it's so common. I mean, most people are going to be infected with one at one point in their uh, life or another, and they're so treatable at this point too. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's really interesting that there's still such a, a stigma associated with them. Um, right. But yeah, this article is really interesting. Um, I read it a while ago and thought about it when we were, when we were talking. So I will definitely link it in the notes. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so do we think that part of the reason this goes back to our first episode and the taboo of sex do we think that part of the reason that there is such a stigma surrounding STDs, STIs, that it has to do with our sex education? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say 100%, right? Uh-huh. We are, I mean, it's used as a tool to make us not want to have sex, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, you simply see it like, this is a silly example maybe, but if you look at Mean Girls, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is that, you know, they're having that like, it's a health class uh, or it's a gym class and they're doing a segment on health and they're all like in the bleachers and the coach is quite literally like uh what was he talking about was he talking about gonorrhea yes Mm -hmm. um don't have sex because you will get gonorrhea and die right like first of all no you will not yep (laughs) second of all no fucking nope still no um but I think that that is very much, um, and I'll speak to the United States, like, but that is very much our uh, tactic. It's based around fear, and it's based mm-hmm. around abstinence is the only way to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And if you're not abstinent, you're going to die from an STD or an STI. Or you're going to get pregnant and ruin your life, one of the two. But there's no way that you're right. going to have a, a, a pleasurable sexual experience. Right, there's no uh, way. It's safe and good. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way. Um Okay, just, I mean, I knew what your answer was going to be on that, but I felt like we (laughs) had to throw that rhetorical question out there. Yeah, so I mean, part of the reason, I even recall this one lovely day in eighth grade that uh, my teacher did a slideshow of what all of the different STIs look like. Love that, love it. Uh, This is what gonorrhea looks like. This is what, and I mean, like, that's not to say that this information is bad, right? Sure. Like, this is actually not bad information to have. Um. Because it's when you are having sex and it's unprotected, 
you're running a risk, right? Like, sure. and you got to do everything you can to be safe. And so having this information is going to encourage people to be safe. Right. However, I feel like a lot of um, sex educators in schools are using it as a fear tactic rather than a encouragement to be safe. Right. And that's the issue, right? Because then when it's a fear tactic, we're like, well, it's a bunch of bullshit and they're just trying to scare us versus being like, okay, yeah, there's actually some some stuff here that we should look at and things here we should be careful with, right? If it were just presented as information without the sort of like super negative connotation and just like this this shit can happen and that's okay and mm-hmm. this is how, how we go about it. Like if we were given the full picture, I think more people would take it differently. Definitely. And um, hey, you know what? I mean, there was this is worth mentioning uh, in this shit show of a year, there was an AIDS epidemic where so many people were getting sick and dying in the eighties. And our, our country did nothing and turned a blind eye. Um, Yes. What it is so important to mention that HIV is so easy to treat now. And I believe this year, the first person was cured of HIV. I don't know about that. I would want to see the research, but I Let know that it can become that. virally undetectable. Yeah. Um, and that, that for sure is something that's happening, right? Because things like PrEP, modern medicine, um, mm-hmm. viral loads can get to the point where they are undetectable, which is fucking awesome. Maybe that's what I heard then. I don't want to give people the wrong information, but I just remember this year hearing like some really fantastic, impressive news. Yeah, yeah. my guess it was probably people probably say cure, um, mm-hmm. but ultimately the I think the proper kind of stance is the viral undetectable. load is undetectable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm Googling, um, you know, first person cured of H, uh, HIV and it's not coming up. So right. yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is it is not a death sentence mm-hmm. um, in 2020. And I don't, I mean, it, we're just not living at a time when like people are dying and going crazy from syphilis. Like, you know, this isn't 1700s France. Um, <laughs> right. A lot. I, I think that I don't know what the exact statistic is. You might know this, but isn't it true that most people will be diagnosed with an STI at one point in their life or another? I don't know the exact. Um, I don't know the exact percentage. I have exact percentages on HSB1, which is herpes mm-hmm. one, um, mm-hmm. but I don't have that on all STDs, STIs. Okay. Uh, oh I yeah, will... let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, but I, I my guess is it is fairly high. Um, uh, and, and the thing is, for before we move on, I really want to like, I really want to make a point <laughs> to say, uh, you know, in the eighties, it was disproportionately um, people within the LGBTQ community and people of color who mm-hmm. were getting HIV and effectively either dying from AIDS or complications with AIDS. Uh, and that's why yeah, the United States didn't care because it wasn't yep. the people who mattered, you know, quote unquote, the people who mattered. Um, do, you know, do some research. Uh, I, I find that a lot of 
uh, I'll say at least half the people who I know who are within the LGBTQ community have a fairly decent understanding of, you know, the history and, and the privileges that we get to enjoy now. So mm-hmm. do your research, Definitely. look who's disproportionately affected and how they were treated and, you know, know the yeah. things. <laughs> It'll just make things better, I think, if we're all a bit more educated on it as well. A new appreciation for where we are now um, and just a... Uh... I don't know. It's it's important to remember those people because they were they were just treated so poorly. Mm, I find even now time. it's most likely disproportionately mm-hmm. treated and disproportionately um, in a general sense access to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things are certainly different and things are certainly improving. And there are you know there is access to uh, medications like prep mm-hmm. for free depending on what's going on. Yes, um, and guys support support your. Um, Local uh, clinics, um, you know, Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. will provide uh, a lot of these testing services. Um, you know, in fact, that's what a lot of their the money for funding is going towards, uh, contrary mm-hmm. to some people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, testing, Planned Parenthood will do that for you. Um, and there are other like individual clinics um, in different cities that that uh, cater to those test needs as well. Right. So uh, do, do the research on the history, do the research on like the real risks, um, do the research on, you know, I mean, here's the thing. If you were to get something like what's the worst case scenario, you know what I mean? Like right. there's just such this stigma that like if you get chlamydia, you're going to die when really what you need to do is take a couple of pills and it'll clear up. Yeah. It's a bacterial infection. So yeah. yeah so yeah. This is the this is the cure. This is the cure for for a stigma, right? Education. Educate yourself on STDs, STIs, because it you know, when we don't, we just make up things based on fear. And that's not fair and that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's doing your research and quite literally looking at, okay, you know, which STI, which STDs are bacterial, right? So bacterial mm-hmm. can be treated with antibiotics fully fully cured fully treated right and we look at um bacterial and then we have what viral and we look at viral right viruses kind of exist in the body forever right Mm -hmm. but it depends on how much or how little right it's it's all based on kind of a spectrum and fluctuation in, in health and you know if we are on medications that help uh, sometimes that viral load can be undetectable. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can and it cannot it can um, not be spreadable because it's undetectable, right? There are all these things that we have now that have changed, right? If you have this view of STDs and STIs from I'll say anywhere f- from the fifties to the night to the nineties, like you need to do you need to update yourself. You need to do some research. You need to get in there and kind of really educate yourself on what it actually looks like to have an std and an sti in yeah in 2020 it is very different yeah it's totally different i mean um and uh you know i i guess i can we can say this now um bacterial are going to include chlamydia gonorrhea syphilis Mm -hmm. viral is going to be like hep b herpes hiv and hpv 
Um, hey, and the good news is you can get an HPV vaccine. Um, I think I got mm-hmm. mine when I was like 18. Um, like there, there are things that you can get that can help that are more preventative. And again, like uh, uh, for uh, HIV prep, you know, there, there are a lot, which I think you said you can get online now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just saw it, which is really mm-hmm. awesome. You can get it online, especially in the time of COVID. Like we can, here's the thing. Sometimes we're still having sex and sometimes we need to be on prep and it can be delivered by mail. So fuck it up. (laughs) Have be safe and have fucking fun. Right. Um, And I mean, that's like what it comes down to. Right. Is like education so that one, you know, the risks two you know how to protect yourself from those risks and let but like see and what we're kind of getting at is so that the stigma, this taboo is a little bit lessened Um, education on all fronts. Yeah, so so here's an so as I'm t- as we're talking, another thing has occurred to me of like, not everybody have the, has the privilege to be able to educate themselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, those who do get the fuck, get the fuck on the laptop right now, but those who don't, right? We need to work on policy change. We need to write redo fucking education in schools because maybe that's the only place someone is getting it, right? Yeah. Which which is so high stakes because right now it's all fear based and. People aren't taking it seriously because they're like, this is fear-based. Like, I'm not going to be abstinent. It's not realistic. It is so important to change policies. God damn. Like, give money to people who are changing policies so we can actually get some proper education into schools. And we can get things out to more people. Because it is so, so important. And honestly, so much of what is happening even now is so, so preventable. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I've been thinking, you know, like what, about some like dream job stuff for me. And, um, uh, this is related, I promise. (laughs) Uh, one of them would be to be a, uh, intimacy coordinator for TV and theater, Mm -hmm. uh, because that kind of combines like all of my loves in one. It's about like, you know, if there's a sex scene, how do you make sure that the actors are comfortable? Like, you know, you basically create a contract for that. I would love to be an intimacy coordinator. Uh, but another one that I, I just, I think it would be so fucking dope to do sex education in schools. Like, right. Like, I have so many ideas about how you can do it so that it's accessible to people so that they're not just, you know, doodling while they're supposed to be paying attention to actually engage people um, and to not just focus on on the fear. You know, and it is, and, and this is the thing, right? Like, so I was a high school counselor mm-hmm. in Philly. And I wanted to do healthcare, right? I wanted to do it. I wanted to be the one to be like, hey. And I was able to do it on small scale with some classes, but I couldn't offer condoms. Yeah. Because of parental pushback and because of the fucking um, Philadelphia school system. Oh, my God. And I couldn't change certain things about the curriculum because of the Philadelphia school system, right? Like, individually, I would love to be able to do it. I would love to yeah. bust up in there and do it, but there is so much red tape and there are so much parental pushback. And mm-hmm. I think the parental pushback comes from a lot of different things, but ultimately we we should prioritize the health and safety of, of, of our kids, of our children. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but let's, but- um, so you had a statistic and this is something I really think that we uh should should cover uh yeah hsv1 i love talking about herpes i think people are so silly when it comes to herpes because here's the thing 
So HSV1 is oral herpes. Mm -hmm. 50%. 50% of people in America have it. 50%. Mm -hmm. Your ass is going to get it. Just deal with it. Right? Like, (laughs) not... Not to freak anyone out, but here's the here's the fact of it. Planned Parenthood, if you it, not even Planned Parenthood, if you go to an OBGYN, they do not test for HSV one because right. it's going to come back positive. They yep. literally don't even have it on the blood workup. It's not part of the screening at all. I have I have asked. I am very mm-hmm. good at getting tested once a year at my physical, and uh, right. you know I, I I ask like, what does this cover? And um. Not HSV-1. HSV-1 <laughs> is not covered. Um, honestly, I don't even think they test for... It's crazy, but I don't even think they t- test for um, genital herpes anymore either. They go I based on um, presentation of symptoms. Mm. I would have to go into my my patient portal to, yes. to, to look for sure to know um, if I've been tested for that. But right. that, that, that rings a vague bell. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's so. It's for sure at least oral herpes. Is you oh, don't get yeah. tested for it because your yeah. ass is positive. Yeah. All right, and there's no shame in it. But it's just being careful. It's and it's. I don't want you to be like, yeah, just don't even worry about it. But like, if you are having presentation of symptoms, you you have it. You have it. It is okay. Yeah. It is okay. And just think, use your head when you're just, making decisions, you know? I would say, like, if you get someone who's educated and you get someone who cares about you and you're like, hey, you know what? They don't test for herpes one. They just fucking don't. But I have had a cold sore in my mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. most likely, it's in my body, right? Um, that's that. If someone is like, oh my god, no way, blah, 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 makes a huge deal out of it, like, that per- you don't want that person anyway. You're better off. That's yeah. a nightmare person. You don't want that person. Off. Absolutely. If they, you know, you have to respect. If there's a person that says, "Okay, I hear you. I really appreciate you telling me this. I, I do want some time to think about it." Okay, everybody has their time and space. To and they might want to do research they- to educate mm-hmm. themselves fully Ex- before exactly. making a call. Right. Exactly. And you know that. Of course, uh, it's going to feel like rejection is going to hurt in that moment. But ultimately, that is a person who respects you, respects themselves, and respects both of your time. And you did, and that, that if you are that person who, you know, you was up front, yeah. you, you did what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. There are, I mean, I've heard horror stories of people who just didn't tell, you know, their, their partners. And um, in fact, in, in this situation is mostly straight men not telling straight women mm-hmm. um, that they have an STI of some kind, um, that they have genital or um, uh, oral herpes. And uh, like, so just do be a respectful person and just be honest and, you know, let that person do the research, let them figure it out, you know, it, mm-hmm. and you have, you need to respect them enough to tell them what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And if they don't respect you enough to like, give you a kind response, then, hey, you figured it out early. Right. You got out of there easy peasy. But, I mean, it's hard. I do want to say that sometimes people do not know um, if they're symptomatic, especially because they don't test for it anymore. Right. Um, So I do think this one in particular is a little bit hard. Um, Honestly, you know, 
and I, so I've, I've personally not had a cold sore, but damn, you know, like I've, I've, I've had my fair share of sharing beverages, mm-hmm. kissing people on the mouth, you know, mm-hmm. cause I'm an adult person. <laughs> I, I'm always just kind of like, probably, probably, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, am I... Am I the lucky 50% or am I the regular 50%? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I have to imagine that if not now, eventually, and ultimately with herpes, the best thing to do is, first of all, if you're symptomatic and you get tested and you get a positive test, there are medications that lower that vi- viral load to yep. make it non-transferable. Great. Fantastic. Do that if you want to do that. Um, it also helps to just like, like air quotes, lead a healthy lifestyle. That's with right. anything ever all the time. Um, but especially if you're taking medications that lower viral load, I'm sure there's some things that uh, don't mix super well. Mm-hmm. So just finding it out and doing what you need to do to like really make it that non-issue. Yeah, and I I was going to say when it comes to, like, leading a healthy lifestyle and, you know, quote-unquote being smart. um, So I – I'm straight, right? I'm – I'm, well, you know, it's it's a spectrum. But I'm I'm straight. I I date men. um, And it's really scary to me in the people I have dated and the – um people that i've seen my friends date how much concern there is around pregnancy and so like i'll i'll ask a friend or something like oh well like did you use a condom and you know they might say no but you know um i'm on the pill mm-hmm. and it's like well that's great that like you know you have that base covered but like what about the other bases you know you, you have the pregnancy base covered Right. By the pill. That's great. But the pill isn't going to protect you from, you know, potentially. And again, want to say contracting one of these, not the end of the world. Right. You know, ideally you wouldn't though. Right. And so y- you want to just know the risks that you're taking. Um. So, you know, the pill, well, it might protect you or other forms of birth control. It's not a barrier method. Um. And so, you know, there, there's, I think, especially in your 20s, there's such a focus on avoiding pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, let's also, like, not forget that pregnancy isn't the only thing that we need to be thinking about here. That's just yeah. a, a PSA because I've I've seen that a lot yeah. um, of, of concern for pregnancy but not even considering. Uh, I would say um, 100%. I have definitely seen that, particularly with straight women. Mm-hmm. I have seen that um, – I have seen, personally, in the people that I'm around, a lot more fear in the cis gay men community um, around condom use. It depends mm-hmm. on who you're talking to. Um, and then I would say, uh, speaking from like knowing and being part of the community, there is so little fear um, when it comes to STDs in regards to cis female lesbian relationships Mm -hmm. um you know and statistically it is like the lowest risk um but you need to be washing dildos right oh please you need to be putting condoms on dildos Uh right 
you need to still be cautious. But ultimately, yeah, have I ever seen anyone or heard anyone tell me that, like, they're like, hell yeah, I use a dental dam 100% of the time. Like, truth be told, I don't think I've ever heard anyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't even know what one of those looked like until a couple <laughs> years ago when I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, I, have a, I mean, people have used saran wrap, I know. Like, Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I felt the the need to to say that because I I have seen that a scary amount where women are are like oh like you know when I when I ask my friends or when I ask anybody really well were you safe they automatically assume I'm talking about pregnancy I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about pregnancy right um I'm talking about other things too again if you were to get herpes or gonorrhea or chlamydia not the end of the world yeah, but like happens. you know um. You you avoid it if you try to avoid it if you can. Yeah, and I think really when you when we, I mean the ideal conceptualizing of it is like you get a viral infection. It's quite like it's quite like the flu, right? It's quite like mm-hmm. a, you know a virus that exists. There's no cure. Just eventually becomes not symptomatic anymore. You have right. a terrible three weeks or whatever it is. And then you're not symptomatic anymore. Like, that's the viral kind of expression of, like, people treat the flu. I mean, right now, I know I'm saying that in a wild space, but, like, I'm not (laughs) talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about the flu. Um, Right, you do preventative things. Like, you get the flu shot. Like, you can get Gardasil. Mm -hmm. Um, If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, awesome. So it's kind of, I would love that approach of, like, let's do everything we can to stay safe. But let's not shame someone for getting sick. Right. What a ridiculous thing. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right, people get fucking bronchitis all the time. You go, you get antibiotics, and people are like, oh, I, oh, are you okay? They, like, bring you some tea and shit. Bring me some tea if I've gonorrhea. Damn, like, treat yeah. me like I'm sick. It's not my fault that I got sick, mm-hmm. right? Do we blame people for... Uh, and right, like right now, I do understand that. The <laughs> Blame people is... for not wearing masks. Yes. No. Yeah. The context is different. But like before COVID nineteen, right? Did we blame people for going to Target and like getting their basic needs and coming home right. and then somehow picking up? Cold. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, we do not. We're like, oh, poor baby. Like, let me take care of you. The second well, someone has an STD or STI, they're like, you did this to yourself. Like came from sex and sex yeah. isn't supposed to be something that exactly. this is wrong yet yeah, yeah i mean it's just i mean and that's that's why we're here right like it's that entire attitude of right. if it's related to sex then it's automatically dirty or evil or like you're yeah. uh you know uh, slutty or whatever you know right um, right yeah uh that's a really a really good point too um just it's you're living your life and just like you just like when you're living your life and, you know, maybe if there's a news report that there's a robbery happening down the street from you, like, maybe you don't go out and go down the street to go check out, check that out, right? You make that call in, like, your day-to-day life. So you make those same calls in your sexual health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, things happen, <laughs> They just do. I mean, you know, you could be with somebody uh, in the case of like HPV, for example, men are carriers. Um, And so they very easily could not know that they have it. Um, 
and pass it on to somebody. Uh, and that it's not, you know, their fault. They didn't know. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, shit happens. Yeah. I mean, if you are worried, this is, this is tried and true. Um, I make everyone get tested. I'm getting tested. You're getting tested. The guy down the street, mm-hmm. he's getting tested. Like everybody's getting tested yep. before, e- even if there's condoms, like just go ahead and get tested. Takes what? Like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you can get at home testing kits, STD, STI testing kits. Now you don't even have to fucking go anywhere. Um, and it's, it's as simple as that. Right? Like get tested, see the other person's results. Mm-hmm. And then you can make decisions from there. And it's worth mentioning too. I mean, there are um, dating apps where um, people are very frank about their results. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I, I love that uh, because it's normalizing this thing right. that is way more common than people want to say is common. You know, somebody will say, hey, just so you know, like, you know, it's it's a good way to like come out the gate so you know uh what you're getting into there's also oh what the fuck is that app called it's gonna really bother me there's an app out there where like whenever you get tested you can basically like upload your results so that people on the app will know like what your most up-to-date test results are right can't remember what it is for the life of me uh if i figure it out i'll link it but if i'm being honest with you it's probably lost to the internet because i don't know if i'll ever find it Yeah, and I and I think it's it's important for us to acknowledge as well. Like this is all easier said than done. Absolutely. Right. Like, I I don't feel like there's been an exciting moment where someone is like, "Let me tell you my status." Like it's gonna be sick. Like, it is not fun. It is it is not something that exists in this dream world that we're you know that we're painting up where it doesn't have this stigma because in reality. It has a huge stigma. A mm-hmm. lot of people feel ashamed and, and guilty and, right, I've heard the words disgusting. Um, I've heard the words dirty, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things come along with that. And it is so much harder to sit with yourself, first of all, and then to sit with another person telling them this big secret that you already feel awful about. Absolutely. So maybe this needs to be a separate thing of like, we're getting someone who doesn't mind talking about their status and I was thinking that yeah mm -hmm. and can kind of just normalize or talk about how hard it is or because I think everybody you know everybody who has something that they I mean whether it's an STD STI whether it's a mental health diagnosis like we all like there's always these rules of like, oh God, what date do I say it on? Right? right. When do I bring it up? How early? How late? Like, when is it okay? Um, and I think we really do struggle through a lot of that. So hopefully we can we can hopefully get some answers to those questions. Yeah, I I was thinking that I would love to get somebody on who um you know uh is open about their status and mm-hmm. you know can maybe share some insight and tools for how how they've handled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be absolutely fantastic um but yeah uh i think that's a good point it is definitely easier said than done you know uh (laughs) we can we can sit here and go and you should get like you know you you should ideally you get tested between every new partner right i i know that's 
not possible for some people. Mm. Um, but like ideally between every partner, just so that like you know where you're at, but also so that you can communicate to other people. Right. Um, because the last thing that you want to do is to, you know, be have to have something without knowing and to pass it on mm. to somebody else unknowingly. Yeah, yeah. So I think essentially it's just the thing that I feel like we've stressed is being able to, you know, if you have that privilege, being able to educate yourself and, and stop mm-hmm. stop fear-mongering and stop spreading lies about things. And, you know, if anything, doing your best to spread acceptance. And I, I honestly feel like I, I've heard it all the time in, in younger groups of people of like, someone has a cold sore and someone is literally yeah. screaming like, Ew, oh my God, you have herpes. Like yep. it's yep. a, fu- it's a fucking joke. And like, that is so upsetting. Yeah. Be the person who is supportive. Be the person who, you know, doesn't fucking make it fun of someone for having an STD or an STI. Like be, be the people that we want to have in our lives and we want in return. And, And quite literally, um, do not make fun of people for having an STD or an STI, or I will come and express to you (laughs) (laughs) why that is not okay. Yeah. Um, And hey, like, if you are somebody who has ideas about these stigmas, I'll be real with you. Up until, like, maybe a few years ago, I didn't know very much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, I I definitely have been part of those groups where, like in college or whatever, where sure. where people would interact like that. Yeah. Um, but it is so important to like do research to look into it, and I mean, I have to say, you know, I've listened to a number of podcasts, and that's where a lot of my uh, education has come from. Listening to sex experts and um, sex educators, yeah, uh, people who you know have more of a background in this, and that's why you know, although I don't, I may not have all the statistics and you know whatnot, but. I can encourage you to do the same work that I did. And hey, if this episode is like a starting place for you so that you can go, huh, you know what? I don't know as much about um, STDs, STIs as uh, I probably should. You know, if this is a jumping off point, like, you know, the the internet is a wonderful place. Make sure you're going to reputable websites. Uh, We don't need any Mm -hmm. fake news here. But um, like take this as a jumping off point to – look into different types of STIs, STDs. I mean, like, you know, the difference between the the, the bacterial and the viral. Because um, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was like, I've gotten like a, a – oh, what's the fucking thing where you can't – a UTI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why isn't that – that's from sex, you know, for me most of the time. And that's an infection. Why the fuck isn't that classified as an STI? So it's just there's a – there's a weird – that's actually, I think, where my journey began is I had a UTI at one point and then I started worrying uh, that maybe I had something worse. And so I started doing like mm. a bunch of research, et cetera, uh, which led me to just being like, oh, even if I do have something, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and if you, hey, if you find any resources that you want to share, uh, reach out to us. Let us know. Um, you know. I we we've said it before and we'll continue to say it that 
um, we're here to learn too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And if you are someone who would like to be on the podcast and we've had like these kind of ideas where we're like, oh yeah, we need to get someone. Um, if you want to be that someone, it can always be anonymous. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, for any of them, or you feel that you're an expert on anything, sex mm-hmm. or relationships, like we'd love to have you. Um, yeah, so reach if, out you're, in regards to if, that. if you're in a poly relationship, um, if you, mm-hmm. you know, have experience with trauma, um, whatever, whatever it might be. Right, exactly. So um, I think that I have, I have said my piece on right. STDs and STIs. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I (laughs) put it out there. I learned some things. I think after we finish recording, I'm probably going to go do some more reading just because now I'm, uh, my brain is open and ready to to learn more. So, um, okay guys, well, we are taking next week off, but, uh, we'll catch you the week after that. Um, let us know if you have any like sexy, holiday traditions oh my God, please let me know if you're having any crazy nights like let me know <laughs> uh new explore a new kink every night every yeah day. oh my god can you imagine that could be fun. i fucking hope i hope so badly someone reaches out in in regards to to hanukkah it would just really <laughs> it would really just do something for me you know oh my god maybe All i right. would be more religious if i heard about it so you know <laughs> Please reach out. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, guys. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, we we made it through our very stressed out episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for Rachel Dalton and Anna Lovelace, this has been Wine Dine and Sixty Nine, and let's keep talking. Mm-hmm.